Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on Kenya's financial market with the aim of providing you, the listener, with an up-to-date overview of Kenya's financial markets. And we attempt to do this by reporting on the performance of the major markets, ranging from the money markets to the foreign exchange market and from the equity market to the bond market. And in addition to that, we also cover any topical issues arising during the week. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan market during the 30th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 25th to Friday the 29th of July. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. And as usual, we start by looking at the global markets. On Tuesday, the International Monetary Fund cut its global growth projections for 2022 and 2023, describing the world's economic outlook as gloomy and more uncertain. The IMF's World Economic Outlook update for July 2022 projects that global output will slow down from an estimated 6.1% in 2021 to 3.2% in 2022 and 2.9% in 2023. The IMF indicated the following downside risks to economic growth, including soaring global inflation, the slowdown in China, and the war in Ukraine, as well as the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The outlook by the IMF follows shortly after the World Bank's report that painted a similar picture, showing that global economic growth is expected to drop to 2.9% in 2022. Is the U.S. economy finally in a recession? Why? Because the U.S. economy contracted for the second straight quarter, which meets the classical definition of an economic recession. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the annualized gross domestic product for quarter 2, 2022, fell 0.9%, and this follows a 1.6% decline in the first quarter of the year. However, despite the two consecutive quarters of negative growth, the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the U.S. economy is in a state of transition and not a recession. A recession is a broad-based weakening of the economy, according to Yellen, and that is not what is happening in the U.S. right now. On the contrary, the U.S. economy continues to create new jobs, Consumers are spending and businesses are growing. Despite the decline in GDP, non-farm payrolls grew by an average of 450,000 jobs a month during the first six months of the year. And there are still 11.3 million job openings and just 5.9 million available workers. The U.S. Federal Reserve on Wednesday effected its second consecutive 75 basis hike in interest rates as it seeks to bring down runaway inflation 
without slowing down economic growth. That's what they call a soft landing. This move takes the benchmark overnight borrowing rate to a range of between 2.25% and 2.5%, its highest level since December 2018. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell did not give any forward guidance, but said the next move at the September meeting would depend on the data. Looking at inflation in the U.S., according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, the PCE, which the Fed Reserve uses as its primary barometer for inflation, rose 6.8% in the month of June, the biggest 12-month increase since January 1982. That's over 40 years ago. Excluding food and energy prices, the core PCE increased 4.8% from a year ago, but was off the recent high of 5.3% that was hit in February. In the Eurozone, economic growth accelerated in the second quarter of the year as the 19-member bloc registered a gross domestic product growth of 0.7%, which comes after a 0.5% growth in the first quarter of 2022. However, the outlook still remains bleak, with the Eurozone expected to slide into a recession next year as Russia continues to cut gas supplies into Europe. Just this week, Gazprom, which is Russia's state-owned energy company, reduced its gas supplies to Europe via the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to only 20% of its full capacity. In the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500 rose on Friday on the back of strong earnings from big tech companies like Apple and Amazon, helping it to cap off its biggest monthly gain in nearly two years. All the major averages were also on pace for the best month of the year, with the Dow Jones on track for a 6% gain, the S&P 500 was up about 9%, and the Nasdaq Composite, though still in bear market territory, was up nearly 12%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields fell on Friday as traders continued to weigh the prospects of an economic recession following the second consecutive quarter of economic contraction in the U.S., the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note was trading four basis points lower at 2.63%. In the energy markets, oil prices rose on Friday as attention shifted to next week's OPEC Plus meeting, where expectations are highly unlikely that the group will boost supply in order to lower the current prices of crude oil. As a result of this, the price of Brent crude, the international benchmark, gained by $2.9 to trade at $110 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, advanced by 3.4% to $99.67 U.S. dollars a barrel. The price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $105.6 per barrel. That was on July the 28th compared to $106 per barrel the previous week. On Friday, the price of gold bounced to a fresh multi-week high, with its safe haven appeal getting a boost from a weaker dollar, 
based on the perception that the Fed will be less aggressive after its chair, Jerome Powell, said that the next move at the September meeting would depend on the data. The price of gold rose 0.5% to $1,764 per ounce. Gold has shed over $300 since climbing past the $2,000 per ounce level in March as the Fed embarked on a path of rapid rate hikes while the dollar also emerged as a preferred safe haven asset. In the crypto world, Bitcoin hovered around $24,000 on Friday as it continues to track the stock market, which also edged higher. The world's largest digital currency hit a six-week high of $24,412. Bitcoin's rally began after the Fed hiked interest rates on Wednesday, but signaled that the pace of such rate rises could slow down. And now over to the Kenyan markets. And as mentioned last week, the Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee met on Wednesday, the 27th of July, against a backdrop of a weakening global economy, confronted by heightened geopolitical risks due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has interrupted supply chains, resulting in higher commodity prices that have led to elevated inflationary pressures which in turn have led monetary authorities to hike interest rates, not to mention the intermittent reoccurrence of the COVID-19 pandemic. The MPC in its press release highlighted the following issues. Despite the challenging environment, the Kenyan economy continued to perform strongly as indicated by the GDP data for the first quarter of 2022, which recorded a growth of 6.8% compared to 2.7% for the same period last year. The three surveys conducted prior to the MPC meeting showed that despite concerns about higher commodity prices and the knock-on effect of higher inflation, most respondents remained optimistic about business activity and economic growth for 2022. The current account deficit is projected to rise to 5.9% of GDP in 2022, mainly on account of higher international oil prices. The banking sector remained stable and resilient with strong liquidity and capital adequacy ratios. However, the ratio of non-performing loans rose to 14.7% in June 2022, compared to 14.1% in April. Growth in private sector credit increased to 12.3% in the month of June, up from 11.5% in April. This was a clear reflection of improved demand backed by increased economic activity. The committee noted that the impact of the previous tightening of monetary policy in May was still transmitting through the economy. And in addition to the tightening, the government of Kenya has also implemented a package of fiscal measures aimed at moderating the prices of specific food items. In light of the foregoing, the Monetary Policy Committee decided to maintain the central bank rate at 7.5%. Kenya's inflation hit its highest level since June 2017, 
as the cost of living rose to 8.3% in the month of July. This was up from 7.9% in June. The Kenya National Bureau of Statistics said inflation was driven up mainly by the cost of food, which increased to 15.3%. However, fuel inflation declined to 7.3% from 10%, whilst core inflation, that is non-food, non-fuel inflation, remained stable at 2.9%. On exchange rates, during the week under review, the Kenya shilling remained stable against major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was changing hands at 118.76 to the US dollar, 142.36 to the sterling pound, and 120.59 to the euro. And against regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was exchanging for 32.67 Ugandan shillings, 19.64 Tanzanian shillings, and against the Rwandese franc at 8.67. In the short term, the Kenya shilling remains relatively stable. However, over the longer term, the shilling has depreciated significantly, especially versus the U.S. dollar. Over the past two years, the Kenya shilling has depreciated from a rate of 101.35 recorded on the 2nd of January 2020 to current levels of 118.76, a decline of more than 17%. On the country's reserves, according to the Central Bank of Kenya, the usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.74 billion dollars which is equivalent to 4.46 months of import cover, and this meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, we note with concern the significant decline in reserves from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded as at the 30th of December 2021 to the current level of $7.74 billion a decline of $1.07 billion in a period of just seven months. This trend is definitely not sustainable. Moving over to the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was noticeably tighter during the week on the back of increased tax remittances which more than offset government payments. Commercial bank success reserves in relation to the cash reserve requirement, currently set at 4.25%, stood at 27.2 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.47% on the 28th of July, compared to 5.2% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals decreased to 35 from 42 while the average value traded also decreased to 24 billion from 30 billion shillings. In the short-term government securities market, the Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 28th of July, with the central bank receiving bids totaling 19.7 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 82%. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day Treasury bill rate increasing by 7 basis points to 8.39%, the 182-day rate remained unchanged at 9.39%, whilst the 364-day rate dipped by 2 basis points to 9.94%. 
for your information, the 91-day Treasury bill rate is a good benchmark for both investors and depositors to use when deciding where to place their funds for optimum returns. Moving over to the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the month of July, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20 and the NSE 25, gaining by 13%, 5.5% and 11% respectively. The market's performance was driven up mainly by gains in large-cap stocks, such as Safaricom, whose share price increased by 20%. East African Breweries was up by 13%. Equity Group rose by 12% and Cooperative Bank was set to close the month 9% higher. The gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by stocks such as Bamburi and Diamond Trust Bank, which declined by 3.6% and 1.9% respectively. Looking at Kenya government debt, according to the Central Bank website, the total government debt as at May 2022 stood at 8.56 trillion Kenya shillings, and this was equally divided between domestic debt at 4.27 trillion shillings and foreign external debt at 36.71 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 4.29 trillion shillings. Before I sign off, I just wanted to let you know that the Market Color podcast is in the process of preparing our first special podcast, which will focus on Kenya's national debt. We will be looking at our national debt in terms of where we are now and what we need to do as a country in order to avoid the situation we are seeing in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka has defaulted on its foreign external debt of $51 billion, plunging the country into not only a financial crisis, but also a political and social crisis. This special episode will be released on Friday next week. Therefore, please be sure to follow us and turn on alerts to be notified once this episode is published. The Market Color podcast is now available on Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And if you have any ideas on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following contacts on email at jamuhurig at gmail.com jamuhuri spelled A-A-M-U-H-U-R-I and on Twitter at jamuhurig Instagram at J-A-M-U underscore H-U-R-I and on Facebook at jamuhuri.gachuroba gachuroba spelled G-A-C-H-O-R-O-B-A Once again, thank you for downloading and listening to the Market Color Podcast. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, take care, be good, and God bless you.